Emma and I enjoyed our new life in Curdlane, and especially our home in the lake. Even though we didn't have kids of our own, visits from nearly all the neighborhood kids helped make up for that, because almost all the local kids partly grew up at our house. Thank God they all had understanding parents who trusted us with their kids, but secretly we suspected that whenever the parents needed someone to watch their kids, we were the likely target. They had come to know that all they had to do was ask, and we'd be happy to watch their kids whenever they were called away. In this group of familiar neighborhood kids, there wasn't one single troublemaker, and they all knew each other and got along, too. It was well for either Emma or me to have a need to raise our voice about anything with these kids. They were all very well behaved. To mention that the kids always tried to help us around the house, and we appreciated that immensely, especially as we started getting older. One of the teenage girls that essentially grew up in our kitchen went to work at Emma's bakery, and two brothers that I taught woodworking to became fascinated with fishing, so I ended up taking Bert and Jeb out with me on the boat whenever we weren't building something new in the shop. Bert had a physique like a circus acrobat, so I never argued with him about who would row the boat. He always won that argument, and Jeb was so funny that I just enjoyed having him hang around. I never laughed so much in my entire life. Bert had a knack for education, but he was always frustrating me with his damned academic questions. I often wished that I had an education myself so I could give him a decent answer whenever he asked some damned question that I didn't know the answer to. I swear, that kid always made me feel dumber than I already was. Both boys had received a good education, much more than I ever had, and although I'd never let them know this willingly, I learned much more from the two of them than I ever knew on my own. Anyway, when the weather was good, the three of us would take my boat out to see if we could persuade a fat bass to jump onto one of our hooks. Secretly, I often thought that their real dad was losing out on the bonding that went on in that little boat of mine. However, I kept my mouth shut and enjoyed their companionship for however long it might last. One day, when the three of us were out trying our luck, Bert spotted a woman standing on the cliff on Hella Island. She was right up to the edge of a sixty- or seventy-foot drop when Bert saw her. He pointed, calling Jeb and my attention to her. While we were all looking at her, Jeb said, "'She's gonna jump!' I was about to argue with him when, by God, she did jump. I was so shocked that my heart almost jumped out of my chest. My God, I shouted, and we all dropped our fishing rods into the boat. I grabbed the oars, which Jeb took away from me immediately, and we made our way over to the edge of the island. Thankfully, we were no more than a 150 feet away, but more importantly, the woman had missed most of the rocks below as she slipped below the surface of the water. As we arrived, we could see some blood on one of the rocks, and immediately Bert ripped off his shoes and shirt and dove in the frigid water. Jeb and I scanned the surface for what seemed like five minutes. Then Bert came up for a breath of fresh air, and then he went back down a second time. Maybe a minute or two had passed when he surfaced with her lifeless body.
We reached out to him with an oar and managed to pull the two of them closer. Then Jeb and I hauled the woman up and into our boat. After Bert climbed aboard, we stuffed the seat pillows under her bleeding head to make her more comfortable, and that's when Jeb grabbed the oars and rowed us to the beach at the little city park in CTA. Several people who were enjoying the park gathered to watch this drama unfold, and someone must have gone for a doctor as we were trying to make her comfortable on the lawn. A large man that was there started pressing on her chest, forcing her to cough up huge amounts of water. As the water was shooting up out of her mouth, she seemed lifeless, and then, like a miracle, she seemed to cough herself back to life. When she did, she gasped for air, taking her first unassisted breath since Bert pulled her from the lake. She was semi-conscious, and while in this state, she kept mumbling, Birdie, Birdie.